This is the Yoga 360 Podcast, bringing you knowledge, inspiration, and resources to help you better connect with our community and live your best life. Featuring real stories from real people having fun conversations from the heart. If you enjoy the benefits of yoga, value your health and well-being, and enjoy connecting with others, you are in the right place. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Yoga 360 Podcast. I'm Steve Cotton. I'm Karen Amy. Tonight, Karen and I will be talking about another specific posture, dragon. Yay, dragon. We love dragon. Yes, we do. Dragon <laughs> is one of my favorite postures to do, so. I think it's one of our shared favorite postures. Yeah, it's, it's always going to be one of my favorites. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so once again, this will be just a sh- uh, shorter, little brief episode in which we'll just uh, hit on the um, major key points of this uh, posture here. So Yeah, the, the skeleton of the posture. Yeah. Yeah. This is one that I would like to do a deeper episode on a little I later. I so. would happily do that, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So, Karen, what is Dragon? So, Dragon, again, I'm just going to pretend I'm teaching it right now. So, I would have you start on all fours. And uh, let's say we're going to start with the right leg. So, step your right leg a big step forward on the inside of your right hand. Keep your hands underneath your shoulders and then bring your hips forward and down just until you feel sensation in the front of both your hips and the top of your back leg. Um, so, your left hip in this case should be ahead of your left knee rather than on top of your left knee. Um, and then, yeah, you're going to be there for some time, so don't go too far too fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so uh, so how long do we usually hold uh, dragon pose? Well, I usually hold dragon for longer than I teach it, but <laughs> I would never teach dragon for longer than probably four minutes, um, and that's if I'm doing a few different dragon shapes. Uh, usually it's in the two to three minute range. Um, sometimes if it's a class full of students that I know really well, I'll get up into the five minute range. But again, I would have to know everyone in the class to know that we're okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So holding it for uh, for that amount of time, this is going to be something that's, uh, that's going to be prominent in a uh, yin class then. Yeah, in the yin practice, you're holding postures for at least two or three minutes a piece. Some postures, it is good and safe and wonderful to hold for... 10 minutes and more dragon unfortunately is not one of them it's a really active posture for a yin practice and it's also intense for pretty much every single body Um, we have a lot of really deep thick fascia through our hips because our hips do an important job like not only do they help us walk but they're responsible for so much of our posture and are getting up and sitting down and and moving and holding our bodies in the way that we need to hold them um, to live our lives so Often, our fascia in our hips gets really aggravated and tight and mm-hmm. constricted, and I'm making hand motions here like I'm milking a goat or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but it gets really angry. So it's, it's really, really normal here to feel a lot of uh, intense sensations physically and even emotionally, um, especially if you like to talk about chakras. That's in and around the area of the root chakra. It's, it's really normal in this posture to be anxious, um, to have feelings of like grief and irritation popping up really, really normal if that's happening to you. And my suggestion, if that does occur is just to breathe into it, go back to your breath, remember why you're there and really focus on relaxing your jaw in particular. And that will hopefully stop the tension feedback loop and help you relax. Mm -hmm. What I've noticed with this posture as well too, it's, it's definitely one that you can really get into your breath in. 
Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, when you're heading into it and when you go to a really, really deep edge, it's normal. Your breath starts coming faster and faster and faster. But it's a really good opportunity to stop and say, no, I'm going to really expand into my belly. I'm going to really relax my shoulders every time I exhale. Uh, and because you are no matter I haven't seen a body yet that is really comfortable on this posture um, that this isn't a big posture for them um, so for pretty much everybody it's going to be a really good opportunity to yeah breathe through it just like you said yeah, mm. find that that space that quiet so what would this uh, posture be similar to being how how you described it there it's it seems very similar to like a uh, like a really low lunge, like a runner's lunge. Yeah, you'll hear the term low lunge. You'll hear the term lizard. Um, if you'd like to hear me butcher Sanskrit, you would see Anjanayasana or Uttana Prastasana. Um, those are the <laughs> well done. Thank you. Probably not, but okay. <laughs> um, but there's some differences there. So generally in either a lizard or a lunge, you're going to keep the back knee lifted. Um, you're going to try and keep all of your muscles engaged and supporting you. Um, if you're doing lizard, your foot is on the inside of your arm and you're really resisting your foot, uh, your calf against your arm and that helps you stay into the posture but it also helps to uh, engage your your glute med and a whole bunch of other muscles your stabilizer muscles yeah just thinking about lizard uh, i i find that to be a lot more active exactly so in yin in the yin dragon pose the focus is more about working into the fascia the ligaments the tissue that support the hips in lizard and in a low lunge it's more about engaging the muscles uh, that are in the same area yeah mm -hmm. so your lizard is wonderful for strengthening your glutes um I almost don't want to say this because I don't want students to do it in my class because I want them to get the advantages of the yin. But sometimes in a yin practice, I will engage my muscles and resist my arm against my leg because I want to strengthen my, my glutes. And that's really important for me and my injury and my day-to-day -day life. Mm -hmm. So I'll kind of yeah. cheat. Yeah. Well, you have, <laughs> you have reasons for, do it, uh, for, do. for uh, yeah, for doing that. And I think um, uh, coming from the student side of it as well too, uh, we do it as well too. We uh, yeah. we cheat into it, which uh, which you can tell, <laughs> absolutely. I, absolutely. And, and I think that uh, that just comes from being used to doing it in a different practice where we're engaging it a little differently. So we're kind of set in our ways in that in that little bit. Right. So. And, and I don't want people to do it if it's just because they're set in their ways. I want them to do it if it's a conscious choice they're making for their practice and their Good. bodies. Yeah. Um, so do keep that in mind. In the in practice, in theory, you are looking more at targeting and releasing the fascia, the ligaments, the joints. Um, in the more yang practice, you are engaging the muscles that support the same area. Mm -hmm. So make a choice for yourself make the one that's right for you yeah yeah so you're moving right into the next question that i was going to ask is, is that <laughs> what is uh what is this posture targeting so largely what it's going to target are your hip flexors uh your groin um the hip joint in general it's a really good one for mm -hmm. really opening the hip joint up um you're going to get the quad on the back leg so the the leg that is long behind you that that's going to engage the quad um yeah, and really into the hip socket. This is also a really nice one for sciatica, honestly. Uh, you are working a lot into the areas that often get tight and, and constricted if you have sciatica pain. Um, have we talked about this on an episode before, what sciatica is? I feel like we should do a short on sciatica. Oh, yeah, we could. <laughs> yeah, so you've yeah. got a sciatica. Because I don't think we actually have talked about it yet. No, so sciatica is a thing that a lot of people have. <laughs> um, and it's really just when you have... Uh, 
constriction of your sciatic nerve, which is the longest nerve in the body, it goes from the head to the toe, uh, a lot of times, again, I'm not a doctor, but from what I see in the yoga room, it seems to me that a lot of people get this pain when they have tightness in their hips, maybe in their piriformis, so maybe through their hips, their bum, their lower back, those areas get tight and constricted, and then they kind of take that nerve and crunch it up, <laughs> and it yeah. doesn't feel good. Yeah, whenever I hear hear people talk about issues with their sciatica, I'm I'm always thinking lower back through their uh, their glutes, mm-hmm. their butt, like you're talking about. And Which then, is interesting because that's not where legs, they feel so. it, though. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it takes some convincing to, to say to people, hey, you don't need to worry about your lower back here. You need to worry more about your hips. Um, mm-hmm. Or you don't, you know, if you feel it in your calf, you don't need to worry about the calf. You need to give it a try looking at the back and the hips um so dragon's often really good for a sciatica because you're going to really aggressively relax the areas that often constrict mm-hmm. um when you experience sciatic pain does this posture also um have anything to do with meridian lines yeah so it actually targets a bunch of meridians mostly you're probably going to get the stomach meridian uh targeted but also the spleen liver gallbladder even the kidneys if you're doing a variation with a bit of a back bend to it so are there any reasons why anybody shouldn't be doing this posture any contraindications <laughs> so the most uh prominent contraindication that i that would come to mind would be knee issues mm-hmm. that's um, something that i have and i i can talk to that a little bit yeah and i experienced a little bit too but what does it feel like for you what do you notice um whenever i have my uh my knee and specifically the top of my uh, shin bone directly under the kind of the uh, fleshy part of the knee as well, not necessarily the kneecap mm-hmm. itself. But whenever that's um, on a hard surface or or on any surface that really restricts the uh, blood flow and the circulation in that area, mm-hmm. it'll start to go numb. And through any, any uh, uh, continual practice or training, because I also do Brazilian jiu-jitsu, which is 90% on, on our knees <laughs> as well too, um, it uh, could eventually lead to uh, developing bursitis which, in my knee. Which, please avoid that. Please avoid yeah. that at all costs, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, so anybody that's seen me practice in the studio, I, I have a thick foam mat yeah. as well, too. So whenever um, a posture has to go to its uh, our knees, I, mm-hmm. always, I always put that down as, a, as extra padding. Yeah, and so that's one of the things I'll often cue. I call them my rugby knees. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, what I like to do when I'm practicing the posture is I like padding underneath my shin on the back leg. So my knee is still touching my mat, but because I have a little bit of padding underneath my shin, there's not as much pressure. So I find the right amount of padding for my body is like a rolled up towel or my magic bag is really nice. If students don't have those with them, I'll sometimes tell them to roll up the edge of their mat. Um, some students do prefer cushioning right under their knee as well. So experiment and see what works for you. Um, if you have a really, uh, shall we say, tra- traumatized knee joint, <laughs> you might even like to make yourself a little bit of a nest with a with a towel. Um, so a little bit of a cushioning right under the, the kneecap, and then, yeah, a little bit of a nest that fully supports the joint. Um, honestly, some of that's probably just mental. You'll feel a little safer in the posture and maybe, maybe be able to let go a bit more. Uh, so the knee is the biggest contraindication. Um, the other thing I mentioned, and we chatted a bit about this before we started recording, I think in this posture in particular, if you can't do it, it's difficult to do it, <laughs> which seems a, a silly thing to say. Mm-hmm. But a lot of postures, even if you can't fully do the posture, you can get to a space where you're targeting the same area. With dragon, 
if your hips are so tight, if maybe your pelvis is a little shifted and not in the right place, um, if your back is traumatized, I keep going back to this word, it's going to be difficult for you to get far enough into this posture to really feel it in the intended target areas. Um, so this posture in particular, you might want to work on some other postures to target those areas before getting into it, just to make sure you can safely do this posture and target the intended areas. Okay. Yeah. So coming from a teacher, what do you notice about people doing incorrectly in this and what are they doing wrong? <laughs> so the first thing I would say I notice is uh, people don't take a big enough step with their foot that is stepped forward. So um, in teacher training, we called it the pedicure checking posture. You should be able to see your toes. In most bodies, you're... Okay. <laughs> and coming from someone who's never had a pedicure, I actually kind of makes sense so, right yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so in most bodies yeah your your front knee should be right over top of your front ankle and i say in most bodies because there is no average typical normal body quote unquote but that's a good starting place especially if you have a knee injury because we're hanging out in this posture for a while it's just it's a little too out there on its own if your knee is out of your foot. Um, now, that is a variation that we sometimes offer to bring your knee way ahead of your toes, uh, which helps to, to stretch into the back of your ankle, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, or the Achilles area. Exactly. Right? Yeah. But it's absolutely not something that we would suggest for anyone that has any sort of knee pain or knee injury. And the few times I have taught it, I will say three times in the space of 45 seconds, does your knee hurt? Back off. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, because I... I I say often the knee is a comically unstable joint, it seems to me. Um, so you don't, it doesn't need help going where it's not supposed to. Mm -hmm. yeah. And this particular posture seems like one that um, people can go too deep too soon in. Yeah, absolutely. So most of us have a pretty good range of motion and that we can get that far. Yeah, especially being that um, in the yin practice it's held for a long time. Yeah. Right, if you go go too deep too soon and you still have two and a half minutes left on this stretch and you've already <laughs> you've already engaged your like near 100 percent in the first 30 seconds yeah. that's going to be a long two minutes and 30 seconds for you it's true and so some people you'll see them come all the way out of the posture but what i would say instead is lift your hips up even an inch rather than coming all the way out and that might help you quite a bit mm -hmm. um the other thing you might want to do is you know come into a different variation so i know i've taught many variations do you have any favorites favorites um I like um, a high dragon or, or, or dragon flying high. Dragon I, flying high, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So with that one, um, hands are on top of the thigh that is forward. And what do you like about that one? I like that I'm able to actually get a lot of extension through the back yeah. on that one. Yeah. And I find that I can really get extension on the back leg. Absolutely, through, yeah. Through that because I'm, I'm putting more of my body weight and pressure into that front leg. Mm -hmm. that actually um, I'm actually able to extend that back leg for, for further back. Right. And so also in that one, your shoulders come to more of a position where they're more or less directly over your hips. So gravity is helping you here. Yeah, There's I think no I'm aligned a lot better. Exactly. In, well, and it's not in, necessarily in that, better. Yeah. Um, but if well, that's I, would your say, I would say better. <laughs> if that's your intention and that's specifically what you want to feel, then that's great. A mm -hmm. lot of bodies will also get a small back bend in this mm -hmm. in a, a dragon flying high variation. So that's wonderful if that's what you're looking for. Um, but it is much more intense in the hips. So maybe not for beginners. <laughs> Um, usually you can keep your hands on the ground or on blocks, so that's another option. Um, another really wonderful 
option is a low flying dragon, which is where you'll come down uh, to your forearms even. So in that case, your right leg, if we're saying that, that is forward, is on the outside of your right hand. Uh, yeah, and you can come down to her forearms or even to a prop onto the ground. Mm -hmm. um, and again, this is just really about changing the angle of pressure on the hips. Because this is so much into the hip socket, the hip joint, making those small adjustments to the angle uh, where you're applying the stress is going to allow you to stay in the posture a little bit longer, but also make sure that you're really taking full advantage of it, you know? Um, another variation that I really love it lately, I think my favorite, is the winged dragon. I really like this one as well, too. Really and I was waiting for you to get to it. I, I, was, I was gonna say it, but I was like, no, I'll let, I'll let her I'll get let her to go it. There. Yeah, um, I think we all do this. We go through poses that are favorites in the moment, so this is mine. Um, so for winged dragon, your right foot is on the outside of your right hand. You can then roll onto the outside of your right foot and just flop your right knee down towards the ground. You can stay up on your hands if that feels good, or you can come down onto your forearms. And it just feels really, really good. It does feel really, really good. And <laughs> and for uh, for my uh, my body type and my, uh, my activities outside of uh, yoga, my, uh, my hips are, are very open in that direction, mm -hmm. and I can get a lot of, of really, let's just call it juiciness happening in, in, yeah. in the hip and that, in that side. So It's not dissimilar to how frog targets the and inner thigh frog. and the groin. I, I hate frog. <laughs> right, but, but it's something that you need for jujitsu. <laughs> sure, sure, yeah. yes, yes. Um, so this is, it's an alternative, shall we say. Mm -hmm. but, uh, so the next variation that I often transition to from wing dragon is a twisted dragon, in which, in this case, you would root down into your left forearm and open your chest up, stack your right shoulder on top of your left, and then put your right hand on the inside of your right thigh to kind of flap your dragon wing away from your body. Uh, so this adds a twist, obviously, through the spine um, might help you to get some more extension through the spine as well and gets just a little bit more into your hip adductors uh, feels really juicy uh, for that one I really love adding a block underneath my head especially if uh, I have a lot of tension through my neck or if I have a headache that day it's just a really nice way to soften and relax um, twisted dragon is where I see another pitfall students fall into though often students will have a tendency to roll onto one of their hips. So if their right leg is stepped forward, they will either kind of roll away from the sensation onto their right hip or their left hip and their thigh will almost be resting on the ground. Um, so if this is you, I mean, that's cool. You do you, but you're, you're cheating yourself out of the posture. You're not going to hurt yourself by doing this, but you're also not targeting the intended areas and you're missing out on one of the best skin postures there is. <laughs> so don't do it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure I've done it at some point. So I'm sure we all have. Yeah. Uh, another, on that note, another way you can prop this posture is to add a bolster underneath the, the thigh of the back leg. And that makes it a little more restorative, a little more restful. And if that's you, uh, that if you're really tense here, it might help you relax a little bit more and, again, apply stress to the correct area and get the full benefits from the posture. So use props as much as you want and need to. Okay. Um, yeah. And before we cut this episode, um, let's talk about a counter posture for this one. Yeah. Uh, one of my personal favorite counter postures that I almost never teach is just going straight to down dog from Dragon. Uh, it's really nice. You get an opportunity to walk your dog out, bend one knee, then the other, maybe lift one leg up high after all the compression into the hip joint. Uh, 
Child's Pose is also really nice. Uh, I also love Shavasana after dragon. Um, how do you feel about that idea about Shavasana after a dragon? <laughs> uh, we kind of talked about this yeah. uh, a little bit before. Um, I don't think I like it. And that's okay. Uh, why don't you like it though? Um, just because Shavasana kind of, to me at least, triggers the end of the practice. Which might be your not Bikram student talking. <laughs> sure, yeah. Because <laughs> you do a lot of Shavasanas in Bikram. Okay. Um, so it is, it's something to consider. And I often say this, but Shavasana secret option C. Shavasana is a really beautiful counter posture for pretty much any pose because mm-hmm. it gives you the chance to unfurl your body. Just lie down, let everything flow freely again. And it gives you a chance to check in and see what that posture did in your body, where it affected your personal body, your personal anatomy, physiology, etc. Mm-hmm. So it's an option. It's there. Usually we'll go back to child's pose. It's probably the most counter pose. Or I know one of my favorite dragon variations and your favorite dragon variation is also reverse dragon. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> so reverse dragon. Um, if you're in dragon and your right leg is step forward, reverse dragon is you bring your hips back. So now your left hip is stacked over top of your left knee and your right leg is long and straight in front of you. So that will look a lot like half splits Mm -hmm. in a more yang practice. The differences here are you don't worry about bringing your toes closer to your face. And you can fold forward if you want. You can stay up if you want. Uh, But basically that posture is targeting pretty much the opposite of everything you just targeted. Yeah, I, I really like reverse dragon. Yeah. Yeah, it's really I nice. find that it does uh, does everything that's needed to counterbalance what was in, engaged in uh, Dragon. So. Absolutely. So that, that's a choice that's there for you as well. Um, sometimes we'll even throw that into the middle of a Dragon sequence uh, so that we can stick with the Dragon a little bit longer. But usually it's a counter posture. Okay. I think that's about all I have to say for Dragon. Yeah, so um, that's going to bring an end to our little short episode here yeah we will have a tiktok video to go along with this episode so you'll see probably myself doing some variations of the posture uh, and feel free to hit us up with any questions yeah and um i'll be including some some uh questions on the uh, spotify posts on that so uh, be sure to check those out wonderful thanks guys thanks have a good night We are incredibly grateful to have you join us to the end of this episode. If you want to share your experience and deepen your connection with our community, we would love to have you join us as a guest. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to others. See you on the mat.